Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Wave Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. gospel what does gospel mean good news it's too good to be true good news yet it's what yet it's true it's the power of the gospel well i want to share a really specific message with you from a a really unique and beautiful passage um i haven't shared from it this year but i'm going to share from it um today all right all right isaiah 54 isaiah 54 isaiah 54 isaiah 54 I want to have a little bit, maybe of a fireside chat with you, um, just about in regards to where I believe we're going to this year. I'm believing God that we'll get a new facility this year because we do need one. Our issue is not sanctuary space. Our issue is kid space. Um, our issue is kid space. Um, we definitely need a new facility. I'm believing for that. I'm believing for more in that area. I'm believing for more in regards to discipleship and really what that looks like. And I know it's going to require from me and really some of the men and women of our church, just time spent with other people. Everybody say this, say you can't disciple from a pulpit. It's impossible. You can't do it. You can't do it. You don't disciple in a once a week meeting. You sow some seed. But discipleship happens because Lindsay Jones chose to do life with a few women and Malik chose to do life with a few men. Does that make sense? That's how it has. That's, that was the that was the model of Jesus, and for two thousand and twenty three years, that's how the Church of Jesus Christ has existed. And so, I'm believing for more in discipleship. I'm believing for more families that come into the kingdom, not just here, everywhere. Um, and so, if you watched our New Year's Eve service, it's about fifteen minutes, not very long. If you didn't, you need to go back and watch it. I talk in detail about what some of those things look like, but. Go back and watch it. So just a word that I heard from me was it was the word more. And so I trust that it speaks to you. But I'm going to talk about some of those things today and kind of what it looks like. So Isaiah 54, just a little bit of context. This is uh, uh, the prophet Isaiah. He was seven to eight hundred years before Jesus lived. And um, he was what they call an eagle eye prophet. He had some very detailed things and he really saw up until the time of Christ coming and even the crucifixion, he gives some amazing details about what that looks like. Uh, there are 66 books in the book of Isaiah, just like there are 66 books in the Bible. There is two parts to the book of Isaiah, just like there are two parts to your Bible. It's a really, really unique book. But at this time, the nation of Israel um, would have been in captivity, looking to get out of captivity. And uh, things were not the best for them. But even in a really bad situation, God was still speaking to them. Let me grab some notes I wrote down over here. So um, Isaiah 54. I'm also going to read um, from Psalms 34. Uh, is that right? I think it's right. Psalms 34. Um, but let's read Isaiah 54, starting in verse 1. It reads like this. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. That's what my singing sounds like, crying aloud. But 
you who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the one who's married, says the Lord. He then says this, man, you, if you don't got a Bible, you can write in, uh, get rid of it and get one you can write in and begin to underline this word right here. Enlarge. Everybody say enlarge. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. It's going to be a year. You're going to hear that word a lot. Do not spare. Lengthen your what? Cords. Strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand. Now, in my Bible, I marked out the word you, and I put Joshua. Right? So you, you, if, if your Bible don't talk to you, I'm telling you something's wrong. For Joshua, you shall expand to the what? Right? And to the what? To the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. Some of you need that word personally, especially if you've been carrying shame for anything. Neither will you be disgraced. If you're not going to be disgraced, you're going to be graced. No, you missed it. For you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband. And the Lord of hosts is his name. And your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. And he is called the God of the whole earth. For the Lord has called you like a woman at one time who was forsaken and grieved in spirit. Like a youthful wife when you were refused, says your God. But for a mere moment... I have forsaken you, but it is with great mercies that I will gather you. With a little wrath, I hid my face from you for a moment. This is what he says to Israel. But with everlasting kindness, I will have mercy on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Now let's look at, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll read it as I get there. Father, let your word speak to us today in Jesus' name. Everybody say a year for more. Come on, say a year for more. A year for more. As we start out this year, I just want to say this to you. Um, I, do I believe it's going to be a year for more? Yes. And that sounds good, but that, that, that also has some responsibility to it. Um, but for this family, I want to speak specifically to us from this passage. So Isaiah 54, uh, the author of the book of Isaiah is Isaiah he was a prophet in the days of the exile. Remember that Israel was a nation. Uh, before it was a nation, um, it was 12 tribes. Before 12 tribes, it was actually a family. A man by the name of Abram got his name changed to Abraham. His wife's name was Sarah. She got her name changed to Sarah. They gave birth specifically to two children. The first would have been Ishmael, right? The second one would have been who? Isaac. Remember, God gave Abraham a promise of a son, but it didn't happen according to Abraham's timeline. <laughs> Anybody know about that? God told me. 
And evidently, God wears a different watch than most of us in the room. Matter of fact, his calendar is different. He got 57 months in a year. I'm like, God, come on, I got, I don't know what's happening here. You know, you don't wear a Timex. I can't say a Rolex, but you don't wear a Timex. You wear something completely different. And then you find out what God don't live in time. Right? You find out God don't even live in eternity. Because what can God live in? What's bigger than him? Mm-hmm. God, e- eternity lives inside of God. That being said, God is up to something. God is doing something. You, you, you want to see God do something, but man, it seems like it never happens. This is Abraham's story. So Abraham says, well, I think, well, I think what we can do, Sarah, is we can help God because I think he forgot. And, and Abraham, Abraham's wife actually comes up with this idea, not Abraham, Abraham's wife. And she says, you know what? Um, in their day, uh, they had concubines and they had women servants. And she said, why don't you just um, sleep with this young lady named Hagar? And, and the man of God is like, no, can't do it. Just sit. No, can't do it. That's not what Abraham did. <laughs> He's like, well, if the Lord told you to do it, let's go on in here. Like... <laughs> and everything was good. Until she has that baby. Now, y'all ain't saying that. You got, y'all got to read the Bible. Have y'all ever seen a conniving woman? A jealous woman? Ooh, an opinionated woman? Ooh, one that could, has a sharp tongue, who's been hurt, who feels like she's been rejected? This is crazy to me. After Ishmael is born, how did I get here? After Ishmael is born, Sarah can't take it anymore. She's like, uh, Brother Abe, you spending a lot of time with old Hagger over there taking y'all baby to the park, <laughs> buying his school clothes. <laughs> I'm over here cooking collard greens and you ain't even eating them. You eating her pinto beans. Getting her nails done. I'm the promised wife. <laughs> and eventually she says, nah, you got to kick him and her out of this house. That's in the Bible. But you know what happened? Abraham fell in love with what he gave birth to from his own hands. And Abraham didn't want to kick Ishmael and Hagar out, and God comes along and has to tell him, Joely, your wife was right. Kick them out because they will not be, he will not be your heir. But what I told you at the age of 75, I'm still going to do even though you're now 99. Because sometimes what God tells you he's going to do, he will do it, but he likes to get all the glory for it. When you were 75, you had hope that you could have still had a boy, but not in 99. They didn't have none of them pills. You know what I'm talking about? But before the medical industry could come along and perform anything, God was doing wonders a long time ago. So I may not have the help, but I got a word. And my body may be failing, but I got a word. And my calendar is long and my time is gone, but I still got a word. And God visits Abraham 
and he visits Sarah. <laughs> and she gives birth to a promised son, Abraham, at 100, and she around the age of 90. And this boy's born. He gives birth to who? Abraham gives birth to Isaac. Isaac gives birth to who? And what was the other one? Jacob and Esau. Jacob gets his name changed to who? Israel. So before Israel was a nation, it was actually a man. Now they believe they're having kids. Israel went on to have how many kids? That's a lot of kids. That's a lot of kids. They go on to become the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel was divided into two parts, a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. If you read the book of Kings and Chronicles and Samuel, you'll find out their history was absolutely crazy. They had so many kings because of disobedience. I believe it was the northern kingdom that got taken out by the Assyrians and the southern kingdom by Babylon, if my, if, if my recollections working properly. That being said, Babylon has came in, come in and taken over really the southern kingdom. And they have been in Babylonian captivity. And even in captivity, Isaiah gets a word from the Lord. And he's speaking to them as a nation. But he's using the analogy, Joeli, of a woman who is barren, trying to have kids and can't. Because Israel's saying, we had all these promises, Chris, from God. But I feel barren in the promise department. Ain't nothing happening. And watch this. And even though I have this word, I look around me and it looks like this thing is never going to happen. Has anybody ever been there? Like if God tells you this is going to be your most financially prosperous year you've ever had, I promise you. It's going to start out looking like, man, I ain't my, my cabinet's empty. They talking about layoffs. Why is it always that way? Because every word will always be challenged. But look at, what, look at what Papa does through the lips of Isaiah. He speaks to Isaiah, and he says, I want you to speak to Israel. I know they feel barren. I know they feel like they can't give birth to anything because of their own decisions where they are. But I want you to speak to them and tell them this. First off, here it goes. He said, I want you to tell them to sing even though they feel barren. In other words, I want you to tell them to learn to when nothing is going their way. Sing even though I'm what? Barren. He didn't say sing when it turns around. He didn't say sing after the shift happens. Everybody can do that. He didn't say sing when you see the light at the end of the tunnel. He said, sing, O barren, you who have not born. The one who hadn't had the, pro the, 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 the promise get fulfilled yet, right? The one where the word hadn't happened yet. Sing, O barren. Break forth in the singing and begin to cry aloud. For you who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Now, you got to understand, you got to read the Bible. This is people 
who are in captivity. They're not free yet. And he says, you, I want you to sing. Now, can you see the Babylonians walking by the Israelite camp? And they over there singing, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Y'all know that song? Angels, heaven and earth. What a mighty God. And the Bible says, shut up, get back to work. Oh, okay. What a mighty God we serve. Single baron. So can I just say this? Can I speak to the DNA of our church? We are fixing to be the loudest, wildest, craziest bunch. I'm telling you, I believe this with all of my heart. Because we're going to begin to rejoice over things that have not happened as if we actually believe that the God that told us he was going to do it is actually going to do it. I believe that literally every worship gathering that we have as a family can be marked by authenticity, by passion, by sincerity. So sing. What, what has God told you and your family? Sing. Devon, what you were sharing with me this morning, I would say, sing over that thing. Kristen, what you're believing for, for your business, I would say, sing over that thing. For the Jones household, what are we believing for this year? We're going to sing over that thing. Man, if it hits you really good, he says, matter of fact, break forth in the singing and cry aloud over it. From the first book in the scripture, you see this principle right here. Ready for this? That there was the release of a sound before there was the manifestation of anything. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1-1. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the water. That's a bad situation. Watch this. Verse 3. In God, right? You know what some of the most beautiful Hebrew scripture says? It says that God sang. What? God was singing as he was saying something. Before anything happened, he began to sing over the barren earth. And he broke forth into a song. God himself began to cry aloud. And what happened to the barren earth? Well, it responded to the singing. And this is not about if you say it, it's going to happen type stuff. I'm, I'm so far beyond that. I'm just saying as a, sometimes you got to speak to your own self. You got to do things in faith. This has nothing to do with whether or not God's going to be faithful. God doesn't have to be faithful to his word. He is faithful. We have to be faithful to what we believe God has spoken to us. And so sometimes I'm telling you, I... I scripture myself in the faith. I sing myself in the faith. I declare myself in the faith until in my spirit, I bring myself into alignment until what I believe the Holy Spirit has already been speaking over us. Right? So sing. What are you singing over this year? I got a song for that. What are you singing over this year? Everybody say praise is powerful. Uh, Put up Psalms 34 in the back. Maybe verse 1 through 3. Praise is powerful. So I love that song that my wife was singing. I don't remember uh, the lyrics of it. Um, something about when, when she was in the hospital room. I was thinking about our daughter when she was in the hospital room, literally fighting for her life. Like, Phew. what do you do? You, you, you stand in faith believing about what God has, has told you. 
Psalms 34. This is what David said. I will bless the Lord. What? Now, does all times mean good times? But does it also mean bad times? Does it mean times where you know where everything is happening and times when you don't have a clue what's happening? I will bless the Lord at all times. Watch this. And his praise shall what? Be in my mouth. Some people, you ever heard this statement? They wear their feelings on their... Because if you get around them, you can tell exactly how their day's been. And we, let me tell you what, we have adapted this in a church culture. We just say, well, brother, I'm just real. No, you're immature. In your faith. I didn't say you didn't get hit. We all get hit. That's life. But I'm telling you, instead of cursing, try this. Instead of flipping out, try this. I will bless the Lord at all times. You remember what Job did? Job did a lot of stuff wrong in the book of Job. Like he, he missed it a lot. But as soon as Job really did get the opportunity to curse God and die, you see what Job did after he found out that the loss of his kids. Job sat down and he said, I'm going to bless you, Lord. I recognize that from dust I came and from dust I returned. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Talk about confusion to the enemy. Like the enemy gives you a gut punch. Boom. Now watch what they're going to do. They're going to just, they're going to renege on God. Go back to the addiction. Go, go, go back to the abusive ways. Come on. He said, no, 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 no. I'm going to begin to bless the Lord. Because I'm going to tell you something. What did it change when you really cursed? Made me feel better. Did it really though? Like what did it really change to give them a piece of our mind? Myself included. Right? I know what it means to man of flesh. <laughs> Ask my wife, I can man of flesh. You can man of flesh. But I want to manifest something real. I want to begin to sing. So David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. I will let his praise be in my mouth. I want this to be a year I have less arguments than I've ever had before. I want this to be a year that I actually start giving thanks to God even when things don't go my way. Not so I can say, told you I did it. Now this is for me. This is for me and my own faith because I don't want to profess a Jesus that I call Lord, but I never manifested in my life. Come on. So I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Next verse. Watch this. This is crazy. My soul. What is your soul? Mind, will, and emotions shall make its boast in the who? Lord. And guess what? He said the humble are going to hear about that and they're going to be glad. Next verse. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Where did it start from? It started off with a praise that he said, the praise affects my soul. Your praise, your personal worship affects your mind, your will, and your emotions. Because news affects us. Well, when we begin to give thanks to God, not for the bad things, but the Bible doesn't say Give thanks for all things. It says, in the midst of it, give thanks. I don't give thanks for cancer, but in the midst of cancer, I give thanks. I don't give thanks for divorce, but in the midst of divorce, I give thanks. I don't give thanks for the bad report, but in the midst of the bad report, I give thanks. This is the foundation of our faith. 
Sing, O barren, you who have not born. I know that the situation doesn't look good, but sing. Somebody say sing. You who have not labored with child. Watch this. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married. On the other side of your song might be sons. On the other side of your barrenness and your song might be the thing that you were believing the Lord to give birth to. But sing. Sing. Next number two, Isaiah 54 and 2. I love this. I want to read this to you. He says, enlarge the place of your tent. So here's what I took from that. This year, we're definitely going to praise more. I won't do this. My wife actually called me the other. This is crazy. And we, we rarely do this. I'm thinking about ways that we can change like our household, right? She was like, honor's going crazy and this stuff. We got to change some stuff. And I, and I said, I don't know if I text back or it was Marco Polo. I said, I was literally thinking about that today. Like, we got to change some stuff in this new year, right? And so he says, I want you to enlarge the place of your tent. Now, remember, they're captives, prisoners. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you are going to expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations, and they'll make desolate cities to be inhabited. It's crazy. He says, enlarge the place of your tent. And I'm telling you, not only will we be a people that we praise more and we praise often, and this is going to be as natural to us as eating and breathing. He says, it's going to require something from you. You're going to have to prepare. So if I told O'Neal, O'Neal, I'm fixing to throw a football to you, and O'Neal says to me, uh, okay, I'm ready to throw it. I can tell by his posture he's not ready. Right? Posture is important. You can look at somebody's posture and tell if they were really prepared. You ever heard this? You got to brace for impact. You're, you're preparing. Your posture is saying you're, you're bracing for the impact. So literally Isaiah tells them you got to shift in the area of your song and you got to shift in the area of your preparedness. Yeah, but I don't see anything to shift for. You got to trust what God said is going to happen before you see any signs of it happening. He says, start enlarging the place of your tent. I know you said you don't got no kids. I know you said you're praying, but I just told you to sing. Not only does it require a song from you, now I want to see a physical, physical evidence that you're actually going to believe it's going to happen. Like I got a friend back home. Um, he said uh, years ago, a church that I was a part of, he said, God promised me a son. He said, so you know what my wife and I did? We went and took one of the random rooms. It was a junk room in our house, and we decorated it as if we had a boy. Hung everything up blue, you know, all the normal stuff. He said, we cleared out the closet. We started putting stuff in there. They were enlarging the place of their tent as if God was actually going to give them a son. He said he would sit in the room, Chris. He would just sit in the room and he would just rock. And they would sing as if they were putting a baby to sleep. And I thought, oh, y'all weird, man. Actually, they were in more faith than I was. Almost 18 years ago now. By the way, they got three of them now. Sing, O barren. Break forth in the singing, you who have not born. For more are the children of the... See, God can look at you and you're desolate and say, no, nah, you got more. <laughs> that's what he does. That, that's who he is. 
That's who he is. Enlarge the place of your tent. Prepare. If you really believe something's going to happen, you prepare for it. Before it comes, you pre, you prepare for it. What do you believe God's doing? So I know for me, this has to be the most organized I've ever been in my life. Can I tell you something? I don't like it. I am a professional. My wife would say, flying by the seat of your what? Which I want to never see what that looks like, but I want to have that got interesting. Right? Because, you know, I can make it happen right at the end. I'm just telling you something. If we really believe that something's coming, we better prepare for it. And you, you think that the Lord is sending a Volkswagen to you? Like maybe no. You think the Lord is sending a beetle to you when the Lord said, no, you prepared it wrong. I have a Mack truck headed your direction. If you knew a Mack truck size of blessing was coming your way, like what would you do? How would you prepare so I'm saying this, what we are singing about should eventually drip down into how we prepare. So no, is every, I, I hate coming in this room and I see empty chairs. I know it's a reality, whether you like it or not. The largest churches in the world, even in our country, have empty chairs every service. My identity is not determined by how many people's in this room or not. But I would love to see every one of them feel. Well, if I want that, how do I prepare for that? Because to me, I get to share the gospel with more people and potentially disciple more people. How do we prepare for that? Okay, real talk. How are you preparing financially for 2023? Do you know how much money you have in the bank? But yet you're believing God for financial increase. Do you know how much money it takes for you to do what you do every, every, every month? Budget it for all of us, like down to the penny. So it's going to challenge us to be more organized as a church, yes, but individually, even in our marriages, yes. Do you know one of the best keys I found scripturally for increase is stewardship? Would it not be ludicrous for me to ask for more when I haven't been faithful to what's been given? <laughs> he said, Praise, even though I know it's barren, and then start preparing, and then watch this. He said, I want you to enlarge the place of your tent. Why? I don't got any more people. I, my, you know, my business hadn't grown. He said, no, but I'm telling you, enlarge anyway, because I'm sending stuff. He says, enlarge the place of your tent, and then he says this, stretch out. Enlarge and stretch out. Enlarge and stretch out. And then he says this, stretch out the curtains of where you live. And then he says this, do not what? Spare. We always think less of ourselves than God does. If you knew you could dictate the size of what was coming, what would you do? He said, you're thinking too small. Remember Ephesians 3 and 20? Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that you ask or think. According to the power that's at work within you. So if you spare, you don't, you don't cut God's blessing off. You cut your own short. He said, make it bigger than you think. Lengthen your cords. After all the enlarging, after all the stretching, when he said, do not spare it. One more time, he said, and lengthen your cords. 
This was their literal house where they would have lived. And then he said this, you want to make sure it doesn't blow over. So I want you to strengthen your stakes. I want you to put them in the ground a little bit deeper. Get a strong brand if you can and put it in the ground because you made that thing a little bit larger than it was. And I want you to, to strengthen your stakes in the ground. Make sure this doesn't move. I believe God is going to do something so unique in us collectively this year that they'll look back and say, that was God. I knew Jason and his family. That was God, right? I know Ben, I know the Burman, that was God. I know Matthew Lauder, I know what he was bleeding for, but that was God. That was God. You might have seen it uh, on TikTok or Facebook. I started uh, posting to Facebook last night, my journey over the last two months. Um, my wife and I went and bought a RV. She would say, no, you went and bought an RV. Right? Looks good now. Went and bought an RV. Just really primarily just for business purposes. Took me about eight or nine months of rebuilding my credit to get it up to a point where I could go and look for something. But, but, but before I even had a thought of an RV, I said, man, I want to get my credit higher. So personally, started giving thanks for it. Some of us are so spiritual that we think if we spiritualize everything, it just happens. Life will prove to you that doesn't work that way. There are natural steps we have to take. So I called a company that helps to rebuild credit. You did what? You didn't just give God thanks for it. Can God do that? Yes. But the normative of God is, what are you going to do? So you start watching your credit. You start watching where you put money. You start saying, hey, I got this on my credit. What do I got to do to get this off? And before long, my credit jumped. I don't know how much. Like I was in the high 700s at one time. I'm like, whoa, this is pretty good, man. This is great. Nine months of work. Nine months. Why? Because I was preparing for what I believe was coming. Until eventually it's sitting in the parking lot. Like, oh, here it comes. Now when it comes... Does that RV just remodel itself? And lay, lay your hands on the side of that RV. In Jesus' name, you will get new paint on you, saith the Lord. You will get a new floor. Ah, you were going to do it. Hey, Jesus' name. And the RV still looking like who did it and why. 2008. Brown. And linoleum floor. Who in their right mind put it? it, just, it that was ugly when y'all made it. Like it just didn't, never looked good. Right? So Chris would come up some and help me. Wes would come up some and help me. They leave. Uh, the, uh, the week after I got the RV, my mom passed away. That, that hit the brakes on everything, right, that we were doing. I think I spent maybe five weeks working on My wife finally said, I'm getting tired of the RV now. You're going from the house too much. You know what I did? Parked it right in the driveway. <laughs> got to get this thing done. It requires, I thought if God blessed me, there ain't nothing else you got to do, Matt. <laughs> we got to steward what God gave us. So in my, in my, I'm trying to do my part with praising and preparing, but I'm telling you, it requires stewardship. So I'm enlarging the place of my tent, stretching out my curtains, I ain't got one red penny from that. I, saw, I should start listening to God willing this week or sell it. Either, which one comes first? 
but I am believing for something. Sometimes some of us have believed God for so long that we haven't done nothing in the natural, and we end up dying, leaving the planet. So well, God wasn't faithful, and God said, you didn't do anything for me to bless, because I cannot just bless your intention. I want, listen, no, 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 listen. I want to bless your activity. The Bible says, whatsoever you find your to do, do it and do it with all your might. And that God blesses. The Bible says a man's gift will make room for it. Well, I can paint. I can definitely YouTube. I can call a friend. Have you ever done this? And me working all, and you know what happened to me? Uh, what, a week and a half ago we were out there? Somebody came and said, I did something kind of like that, so it didn't work out. Uh, now I like what you got. I want to buy something a little bit bigger. Would you be interested in remodeling it? Well, you know, I might have a little bit of experience in there. So your gift will make room for you. You praise. I'm going to have a lot of RVs parked in my house, baby. I'm sorry. Like, okay. <laughs> We're going to be that guy in the neighborhood. Like, everybody say enlarge. Say stretch out. Say lengthen. Come on, Alyssa, for me. For This is what I want, this is what I want man. The next verse, verse 3. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. I don't know about you guys. I mean, I'm just real talk. I love getting along with the Lord. And the Lord knows me. I want you to share truths with me about Christ to the day that I die. And he does. But he also says, Joshua, I literally, I physically want to enlarge your life. I used to be fine, Matt, with God enlarging my spirit. But I had a real problem with God enlarging my life. When we started this church, before we started the church, we had a board meeting. My father-in-law was in that board meeting. And he knew that we didn't have no money coming in. I'll, I'll never forget what he told in that board meeting. He said this. He said, Joshua, it will be hard for you to tell people to believe God for the impossible if you're struggling to pay your bills. He said, so, so we're going to make sure to get you settled first. All I, look, all I can see around me is barrenness. Watch this. Barrenness and bills. Well. But as a family, I don't want to just share these truths with you from the scripture about how good God is and what he did for you before you were ever even born and the, and the majesty and the beauty of the death, the bearer, and the resurrection. That is that is one segment of what's true about this thing called life. Yahweh also doesn't want you to just have a spiritual side of your life. You also have a financial side to your life. You also have a P-H-Y, a physical side, a health side to your life. You also have a relational side to your life. Life is not just one segment. Your life is a pie, friend. And I grew up in a religious environment where they focused wholly on here. And my marriage went to hell. I wasn't good physically. And I had no money to do anything with. And I wondered, yeah, but God is good. But I didn't see none of that happening here in my life. But 
But let God bless the work of our hands. Let God bless the work of our hands. You better get ready for enlargement. Don't get close to me. Don't, do not get close to me. Because I'm going to overflow on you. I am going to break out to the right and to, you see, Josh is going to break out to the right and to the left. I would whether swing at what I believe God was telling me a hundred times and miss, whether then sit on the sidelines of boring religion and believe God for nothing in my life. I want my son to say, you know, my dad would believe God for these things and by faith he would venture out into him. Why not? Don't you want to have stories to tell of the goodness of God? You know what? You read a book full of them. Some of our testimonies so old they got dust on them. Some of the angels that have been assigned to our life got dust on their wings because we haven't stepped out in faith and believed God for nothing recently. But I'm telling you, this is the year for more. Gave a word to the Wolvertons, I don't know, I don't know, seven months ago, something like that. And the Lord said this, it will be unusual acceleration. I don't even think they had started the business yet. He shared this publicly, so I don't think he minds me saying it. They've had almost over a million dollars worth of jobs come in, and maybe more. I don't know now. I'm like, nah, I would call that unusual acceleration. That's kind of unusual to me. How do you break out on the left and on the right like that? Because out of nowhere, boom, and you watch the goodness of God beginning to immerse in your families and just dispense. Like, what in the world's happening? So, yeah, this is going to be a year for more. And you know what he told them? He told them while they were still captive, before they were given birth to anything, he said, I want you to sing about what you believe I'm going to do for you. I want you to begin to enlarge your dwelling place, even though you don't got no kids running through your tent because you say you're barren. Act like you do and stretch it to what you believe in for. And then he says, by the way, don't fear because you're not going to be ashamed. Yeah, but what if I try and it don't work? Shame. No. Try telling that to Thomas Edison. What if I try this light bulb thing and it doesn't work? No. Try telling that to the Wright brothers in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. What if we try this airplane thing and it fails? No. Try telling that to Elon Musk. You and all your crazy ideas. Yeah, but you will forget the shame of your youth. I'm telling you, you better get ready for more heaven-born creativity in your life than ever before. I want you to start dreaming again. Listen to me. I want you to start dreaming again. You hear what I'm telling you? Get ready for heaven-born creativity. Our Father is creator. I'm a creator because I'm built in his image. Can you believe for that? There are things I want to do for people on behalf of people. And it's going to take more than prayer. It is going to take means. We have given away three cars since we launched this, but I'm telling you, I want to do way more than that. We, I help people with rent payments this week. I want to do more than that. Ain't you tired of being the borrower and not the lender? You know what the scripture calls you? It says you will be the lender and not the, yeah, I want to see that happen. Woo. And he actually says this, you'll lend to many nations. I want to be the lender on my street. My wife and I, we be lending our house to kids that want to come and play. We definitely lending our grocery. We had a little kid, he might be here now, his name's Kaiser, and he comes to the house all the time. 
We, I took the RV out on Thursday night for the first time because I got to find out what's working and what's not. And I found a couple things I had to come home and fix. And Kaizen was there. And before I knew Kaizen was coming, I had invited Grayson to come. So I knew Grayson was coming. So my two kids and Grayson, we're going out. We're going to hang out. I went and bought some nice. So I got to make sure this little confection oven works. I went and bought some meals that I can put in there to try them out. And Kaizen's like, can I come? I'm like, yeah, man, you can come. I thought, man, I, I got to buy some more food. Kaizen, because Kaizen's coming. Kaizen's belly is a waffle graveyard. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I mean, this kid can like demolish some waffles. Literally, I think I made 20 of those little waffle things for him in honor on Friday morning. In like two minutes, I'm trying to make the girls some. I look around and their waffles are gone. And he's like, uh, Mr. Josh, um, you have any more? I'm like, if you don't get out of my face, I just gave you those waffles. I want to be a lender, not a borrower. I was able to let, watch this. I was able to let him experience what it was like to spend a night in an RV. He said, is this like a home on wheels? I want to say, you know what they call, they call this a mobile home. But anyway, I didn't do that, but that's what I want to tell you. Watch this. Matthew, from just thinking about it, four or five months ago to holding it now. We're going to have some Simeon moments this year. Simeon was the man that God told him. He said, you will not die until you see my Christ come. And in his old age, Mary and Joseph come into the temple, getting ready to circumcise that baby boy. And Simeon sees him and the Holy Spirit lets him know, that's the baby you've been waiting to see before you die. And Simeon grabs him in his arms and he said, I'm now holding the thing that God told me I would hold. Do you know what it's going to be like for you to embrace, for you to let your fingertips grasp the thing that God told you you can hold? I watched, the, I watched this family right here, believe God, for a catering company, which now they have, which I'm telling you, it is going to take off. He has the trailer for that catering company behind this church. But it was a dream at one time. They thought about it, sung about it, prayed about it, had to prepare for it. Now that they got it, now you got to work it. What are you believing for? Come on, stand to your feet. Somebody say this. Say enlarge. Say stretch forth. Say lengthen. And if what you're believing God for, if your preparation is smaller than what you're believing God for, go back to the drawing board and enlarge a little bit more. Because you're believing God for something. And I just wanted to start off this year with a fresh, hot from heaven challenge to say, believe God for what he's telling you to do. But don't be so spiritual to think it doesn't require anything from you or we will miss it 100% of the time. What I'm telling you, even for my own life, is not easy, but it sure feels good. Sure feels good. Sure feels good. If you have a bit, I don't care if you're a real estate agent, if you are a caterer, whatever your business is, you need to enlarge the place of your borders. Find somebody who's doing what you want to do at a larger scale and say, can I take you to lunch? Challenge me on this issue a little bit. How did you do what you did? We are going to unite ourselves with people that are doing, but we got to find people that can speak to the dreams that we're having. Get ready. If you have a business in here, I want you to lift up your hands now in Jesus' name. 
I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit, my God, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to just breathe on what you're doing. If you have investments that you are believing the Lord to breathe on, lift up your hands. Because if you are attached to it, that means that the Father is attached to it. And I'm telling you, the blessing, the creativity, the wisdom of Deuteronomy 8.18 is fixing to hit your life. And he says, remember that it is the Lord your God that gives you the power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant in the earth. Get ready. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I thank you for every person that has an investment. I thank you for every business owner. I thank you for every creative idea. I thank you for every witty invention. For those of you that are in positions of management and leadership for teams, I'm asking the Holy Spirit now to give you wisdom to lead and guide your team this year. He's going to show you creative niches in the area of your involvement and they will see the literal wisdom of God on you. You will have the anointing of Joseph that no matter where you find yourself, in a prison, or in a pit, or in a palace, you will find promotion happening to your left and to your right. I am telling you, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch forth in your current area. Lengthen your cords. Don't think small. Do not spare. Believe for more. It's your time. It's your time. It's your time. I want you to just take a minute and just receive that. It's your time. It's your time. It's your time. If you're not an employer, if you are an employee, everything under your fingertip has to increase. It's your time. You operate with heaven's character and integrity. It's your time. It's your time. Would God want to bless an RV? I believe he would because I'm involved with it. Father, thank you for your challenge to us. And we will enlarge the place of our tent in the natural. And we say yes to all it entails. The organization, the restructuring. But I believe on the other side of that, we're going to say God made the barren keep house. <laughs> and we'll say that was the Lord's doing and was it not marvelous in our eyes. If you believe it, say that's for me. And I receive that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a tremendous week. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.